Nin, nin, nin. This episode, we're taking one more turn with Disgaea, Hour of Darkness. Welcome to One More Turn, a classic gaming podcast that's always free to play. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Jim, this week we're playing Disgaea, colon, Hour of Darkness. And colon, col- <laughs> colon, Port of Calling, New Orleans. With Disgaea, I think it was time for us to talk about our tactics, our life tactics, our general role-playing game tactics, and tactics RPG tactics. Tactical RPGs. Our, and our, tactic, our life tactics coaches that we may have, mm-hmm. which I, are different than our life strategy coaches. They're different. Oh, they yeah. actually hate one another. Yeah, but above all of them is just our life coaches. No, tactics, tactical RPGs aren't too popular in the U.S. They seem to be a very Japanese, or at least popular in Japan, a style of gameplay. Part of what I'm curious about is twofold. You know, one... You know, you you and I are both Westerners. I don't know if people can tell by our accents that we are both Western. <laughs> we're both from the U.S. So I'm curious what 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 got a what got you into tactics? What what tactic games got you into the into the genre? Or at least who knows? Maybe you don't like tactics. You just like this guy. Huh? <laughs> um, and and two and then two. I'm curious. You know what? Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's not? Tactical RPGs possibly aren't so popular in in the states or in the the Western world. Why don't you start, Kevin? <laughs> okay. Well, I can I can tell you the one I remember the most. Before uh, I played Final Fantasy Tactics, some of the even some of the ones like Shining Force on Sega. Uh, you know, the one I really <laughs> Jim's pointing at me a lot. Uh, the one I I liked, the one I really liked that kind of brought me into the fold was. I don't remember. I don't know if you recall one on the PlayStation One called Vandal Hearts. I remember. I remember the name. It was a Konami. I think Konami developed title, and it was kind of. It was a love story to Banksy. It was the, probably the most simple tactical RPG out there. It's just you know as simple as it gets. You go up to a guy and attack. You know, typical chessboard kind of fight. You go up to a guy behind him and attack, or to the side. There's bonuses for attacking from the side and behind. You cast a spell and it's like a field and only the enemies are a hit. And that's it. I mean, that was, it was just sort of your super simplistic style. It was just, you know, PlayStation 1 looking. It was just kind of a little nicer than on some of your NES and Super Nintendo styles uh, uh, ones. There was a sequel to it I, I enjoyed. It, it kind of had this, you know, it had a decent story. Usually it was like a political story, as all tactics games seem to be <laughs> for some reason or most anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the one I kind of grew up on. I had kind of a dumb hero type. But, you know, I, I'm curious. Well, what about you? What was what was the one that brought you into the fold? <laughs> so I had to think about this for a while. And you mentioning uh, Shining Force was actually what caused my fury on the webcam that you <laughs> the, the listeners cannot actually see. Because uh, I think that may have... That may have been it, was the uh, Shining Force, I think the Sword of Haya, which was the Game Gear Shining Force, mm-hmm. which was more or less, it was a Shining Force game, just minus all of the simulation aspects of it, so there wasn't, it wasn't so much about, like, recruiting people in the towns and the like, there was, it was more of, like, a linear storyline mm-hmm. with who you could recruit, 
Now, granted, I think I eventually later got into the into the Shining Force series, um, but never never too much. I think I was more into Ogre Battle. Yeah, which... yeah, has a lot more layers, a little deeper, a lot more customization in that one. Correct. Also hard as fuck. Yes, yes, yeah. Let us so, let yeah, us cling together and, and slowly die. <laughs> uh, long ass game. Yeah. But I, I, what drew me to what really drew me to the genre was that it was like a it was a video interpretation of what was essentially like a board game in a way. It was a kind mm. of it was a war game. There is a board game or two out right now that's specifically designed to play like a tactical role-playing game. I think it's called Crossmaster Arena. It's not actually that good, but it looks mm-hmm. pretty. I played a lot of board games growing up with my family, and so uh, my brother and I got very involved into tactical RPGs because it was ultimately like a simulation of these board games that we would always just play against one another, yeah, but yeah. now we could actually even just kind of talk about it and now like play almost together and obviously not together because obviously games like shining force are one player Mm -hmm. um but there's at least there's at least room there for discussion about this because a lot of a lot of these a lot of early tactical games certainly had layers and layers of depth to them yeah you know it's funny you mentioned the board game thing because that's kind of how i got into it they had a lot of games where it's like a giant map you create your own character and then there's one called boot hill and i remember auto duel I think it was auto duel, but yeah, you just create your own car, or fighting or group of group, and then kind of lay waste. Hey, bro, yeah, I, I don't know. I, and I always was a big fan of like Stratego and things like that, which is basically every tactics game is Stratego in my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, any tactics game where you can't replace your troops, so not like yeah. Advance Wars, yeah. but except you can actually, see the I think bombs. There was an on Advance Wars one. board game. You can see the bombs in the in these games. Uh, right. No, I played. I played. A, I played a lot of BattleTech with my brother. Yeah. which... Which actually people may know from the Mech Warrior series as well. I think that's what so was always so fun about them to me is is and and was always surprising why more people, at least more Western players, didn't get into them. Is it is such a board game and it is such like chess that you would think that a group of kids, you know, smart, you know, gamers tended tended not now tended to be kind of your more nerdy types, you know, at least when I was younger. And it, it they they were already the guys playing these role playing games or these board games like that. It seemed to be a natural overlay for them to kind of jump into the tactics games. But what I usually found is most of these guys played, you know, the 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 brother style of of the tactics uh, uh, RPG, which was uh, your strategy types, your. Uh, 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 Age of Empires. Your more real time strategy. Yeah, yeah, your RTS, you know, and, and right. things like that. Starcraft. Like Warcraft, Starcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was always, I don't know, it always bummed me out because here I am with my little chess men, my little chess board, <laughs> going around a grid, you know, taking out orcs, well, getting, getting, getting from behind, getting those, getting those, uh, getting those attack bonuses. I think the genre has come and gone in waves, as I imagine a lot of the some of the the non surefire genres uh, tend to go. Mm-hmm. In this case, I'm kind of like leaving out things like first person shooters and sports games, which just kind of t- remain kind of at a, at a constant level of of, in- of public interest. Yeah, because there there were a per- there was a period of time in which um, these game these games weren't. Like amazingly popular, but there was a lot of them. Yeah. Like during during like the PlayStation PlayStation Two era, you started seeing a lot more, a number of more games. Almost everything had a had a title that had, was name of series tactics in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Or I yeah, like name Dynasty of Seri- Warriors had some name of series colon something Tactics. else. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's it's is brutal. And then there was a period of ultimately burnout. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of strange that I'm thinking about it that a lot of the titles that I go back to as being tactical RPGs almost all have almost all have an anime art style to them. Um, What's more unusual to me, I think, are the exceptions to this. I'm going to leave out these kind of these ex, these extraneous uh, additions to series with, that were just trying to kind of cash in on the genre. Mm-hmm. But I kind of remember. There being a GameCube game that was gla- it was gladiatorial bait. It was a I think it was called just called Gladius. Was sounds strange. like Gradius, <laughs> yeah, right? Like no, but it was called yeah. Gladius. That was a uh, you were a gladiator trying to fight gladiatory matches. Yeah, using this using that style and except it was done in like a almost kind of God of War, not quite as extreme an art style, but it. It had a, like a basic understanding of mm-hmm. that look to it, which was kind of unusual for that for that genre. Even when you look at it at at the current at like current sales, I mean, Fire Emblem was the new Fire Emblem was huge. That sold a lot. Yeah, and let's be honest yeah. here. Like I, I'm, I'm going to go on the record here and say Fire Emblem's not that good. No, I've never. I mean, I, it's okay. I, look, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is a great introduction mm-hmm. to the tactical RP to the tactical RPG system. Yeah. Uh can we? Do you stop know? weapons from breaking, please? <laughs> Do you know the... It's like the dumbest system. The Wii Fire Emblems, like... I remember, because I skipped all the Fire Emblems, because, yeah, I played the first one, and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, nothing nothing fancy. But now, like, they're super rare and, like, collectible. Like, the Wii Fire Emblem's, like, $80. Like, you have to pay 90 bucks to play basically the most simplistic tactics game when you got, you know... Well, I- I heard the three D and the three DS one does actually do a pretty good job of expanding on the system for mm-hmm. the first time in a very long time. But actually, the uh, blah, 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 I think it was Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, because it's DS, right? Is it's a game on the DS and the initials are DS. Yeah. Um, that is actually that is an amazing. Uh, both that and the sequel. Those are both incredible tactical RPG games that pot, that give possibly the best feeling I have experienced in a while of pure panic. <laughs> I was going to say, for a second there, I think going to say a warm feeling. No, no. no it is about it. tension. It is about what it would actually feel like to be in an environment where nobody knew what was going on, but nobody could leave. That does sound awful. Gosh, we always go to awful things. <laughs> Jim, what is our problem? <laughs> what is, uh, what's wrong with us? Because like, those are interesting. <laughs> yeah, man. they are. They are. They're also, uh, they also extremely, make me extremely anxious. What is wrong we with us? We look deep, deep into the depths of our hearts <laughs> and inside. There's a tactics game. Yeah, Yay! Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we're all gonna die someday. <laughs> uh, all right, look what's in here. We have a Disgaea game. We have a Final Fantasy Tactics. We have JFK Tactics. Hey, who put that in there? <laughs> what's the <laughs> what's Lee Harvey Oswald Tactics? This is awful. This is terrible. <laughs> that Australian company needed needed to come out with a sequel eventually. Oh, <laughs> oh we'll be right back. On that high note, we'll be right back on One More Turn. (music) 
Welcome to One More Turn, a podcast forever locked in a subs v dubs debate. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. This week we're playing Disgaea Hour of Darkness, released in 2003 with a DS uh, remake in 2008. Disgaea is a tactical RPG, uh, sort of in the traditional style, chessboard style. Uh, each, each character is on uh, one square on a battlefield. Uh, developed by Nippon Ichi Software, and I believe they're often published by Atlas. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They're, they're, Atlas is kind of their parent company because honestly, those are the that's like the only company in the world that would bring over Nippon Ichi games to America. Disgaea was ultimately like a that was it was kind of a cult game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know I've had this discussion with a number of my friends as to like what the best tactical RPG is and for a long time it was always split between this and final fantasy tactics Mm -hmm. which ultimately came down to which one did these people which one did you play first yeah yeah i played um i think eventually valkyria chronicles got brought into that discussion well which messed that entire thing up so tactics is 97 or 96 so in terms of sequels you know there was a direct sequel in 06 called cursed memories there's a planned Intercore. Intercore nope, came sorry, out this not, year. Not a direct sequel. Oh, not the. No, I'm sorry, not a direct sequel. No longer the direct sequel. Although it had. It had, had like, Etna it had like it. one character. It had like one character that well, was well, back. Well, the main briefly. character, Laharl. Laharl? I always. Yeah, Laharl. He's in it. He's in, he's in Curse Memories as a side yeah, character. Yeah, he is. They changed his voice actor, though, yeah. and it upset me. Yeah, but. Because the... these are the sort of things that upset me. <laughs> Everybody must sound exactly alike. You know, they've, they've gotten up to four in the series now, and there's talk of five, although there, there's no official word yet on five. So, you know, They're like successful. Persona games. They're just going to go for a while, even though it's nowhere near as popular anymore as Persona is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the main, I would say the main difference for our, this guy was the geo panels and throwing. Yeah, because you could stack people. So, like, while while there was, while you were only working kind of in a two-dimensional grid, you could still stack people up in a spot and to kind of throw them around a bit. So, it's not completely working in a three-dimensional plane, right. but it was the closest that you got. Yeah, you could toss them across the screen and watch little printies blow up. <laughs> Dude. Uh, but, yeah, the geopanel thing was, I think that was... <laughs> Jim is showing me his pretty with a little nice little satchel. That's a- not what it sounds like. What? <laughs> this is an actual, honest to God, memorabilia printy. <laughs> printy and satchel does sound like a, you know, like another term for twig and berries or something. That's like yeah, the, if the- <laughs> I'm getting arrested again for this. I'm blaming you. But yeah, I mean that's so that's the gist of it. I mean it's it's. Mainly, you know, story-wise, how it's pushed forward is you, unlike some older tactical RPGs, there is like a area you can walk around, your kind of home base area, where you can load up on new weapons and go to the hospital, go to the Netherworld Hospital. It's kind of your castle, Lahar's castle. So I guess that gets us right into the story. It's like your menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, there's not, I mean, it could just be a big menu. But the main story is, you are Laharl. You are the... I am Laharl. You are. Jim is Laharl. I am Etna. I even have the wig. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. It even has the little things that fly out of his head. The little yeah, hair pieces. The little antenna slash like tendrils. Uh-huh. They're, they're on there with uh, 
I think that's gar- that's gardening wire. <laughs> I need to I need to redo this. Yeah, thing. yeah. It needs it needs an edit. This was for my very first cosplay. <laughs> it needs an edit, and it definitely needs an edit. And the story is, is: you wake up, you've been asleep in a coffin for two years. Your father, King Krichevskoy. Krichevskoy. One of the many name problems I had with this game. <laughs> uh, he's been he's gone. He was the king of the netherworld. Laharl is the son of King Kachevskoy. He choked to death on a pretzel. He cho- Well, there's some theory that he didn't die. Yeah. Okay. Unless we were going to make a comment about George Bush, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and he... here we are making pretzel George Bush pretzel jokes George... seven years later. <laughs> yeah, at least. Well, you know, at least he didn't throw up on the prime minister or the Japanese prime minister. Uh, so King Kachevskoy is gone. Laharl wakes up. Etna's, Etna's one of his vassals, which is basically like a fancy word for a... Demon buddy. Demon buddy, yeah. Basically like... Sorry, demon servant. <laughs> yeah, like a... You know, like your your head of... your Yeah, your best... Your top servant. Your hench. Your henchman. Your henchwoman. Your hench. Your kick. Yeah. And... That's short for sidekick. That's demon speak. <laughs> she is... <laughs> sorry. She's the leader of the Prinnies, which if you're not familiar with Prinnies, Prinnies are basically human beings. Uh, their soul is kind of lodged into these penguin-looking guys or penguin-looking things. They say dude all the time. And they used to be. That's the, they have souls of humans. They're just sort of dead humans. That's where that's where you, that's what happens when you die. You become a penguin in the afterlife. And yeah, they kind of become. They're, they're like they're the mascot of the game. Ultimately, yeah. There you see their symbol around a lot in other games. They even um, there's a, I know there's at least one printy based game. I think it was a Vita game called like Can I Be the Hero Now, Dude? That I heard was actually brutally difficult. Yeah, is uh, Curtis in it? Curtis in that one? I don't know. I, I don't own a Vita. Oh, okay. All right. Etna wakes you up, and she's like, Hey, Laharl, no one's running the underworld. No one's running the netherworld. You you and four other guys are trying to fight for it. So, you know, go out there and knock them off <laughs> just, and take it yeah, over. Get, get, get on that. Get on that. <laughs> get, just get on that. How would you describe Laharl as a character, Jeb? What's your... Well, so last episode, we had a discussion about the youthful slash juvenile protagonist. Uh, and in this case, it is the anim- is basically the super anime version of that. But he's a thousands year old demon, isn't he? Yeah, no, but it's it is that young it is like young screechy attempting to be manly character mm-hmm. who really doesn't know how. Which is kind of like the, the it's like the main character in most action based anime. He has a sword, you know. Has a sword that's as big as he is. And, if not bigger, right. If not bigger, taller than he is. And kind of, yeah, kind of cocky and kind of has attitude, kind of has a little bit of tood because he's a prince. Hey, hey. He's got the aristocracy tood. A vague, a vague article of clothing that could either be a cape or a scarf, but no one's really sure. There's a lot of topless uh, male characters in this game. And or it, just in general, there's just very few shirts. Yes, yeah, other than in heaven or something. That's Celestia. part of being a demon is not wearing a shirt. It's hot down there, Jim. It's burning, you're burning up, you know? That's true. It's not That's like, true. Yeah. All the angels are wearing, wearing a ton because it's freezing in heaven. Yeah, oh. Cold air rises, remember. <laughs> How the game kind of introduces you to the story is basically, you know, Etna's like, hey, you got to take over, Laharl. Let's go, let's go to this first castle, Var's Castle. 
let's take let's start small you know because when you're ever in a business you start small and we'll build from there so laharl being a very by the way laharl laharl i I can't get over his name he's like sure sure dude let's do this thing it's standard for anime for anime naming bullshit Yeah. yeah like let's just throw a bunch of letters together let's see if it makes a word that's our main character's name uh, somewhere between Carl and Larry is Laharl. No, it's, it's everyone Everyone who's named Larry, that is what it's short for. Okay, Laharl. What's Lawrence, then? Arabi- of Arabia? <laughs> no, that's, that's what Larry is usually short for, is Lawrence. You know? No, it's not. Yeah, don't you know Joey Larry? Dude, you are so not anime, <laughs> it's not funny. I know. Sad, because I used to watch a lot of it. The game, I guess the the story, there really is not a lot in terms of story here, but let's talk in terms of the character. Oh, there kind of is, right? Uh, I mean, so there's a number of different characters here all kind of vying for some sort of power here, right? So you've got, like, Laharl going for the, going for every, try, trying to rule the netherworld, like his father. Mm-hmm. You have Midboss, who's kind of the rival, who's trying to be the rival. Trying to be. <laughs> nobody else wants to be his rival. There's the jet, like, the the human general who kind of wants to take things over or at least open up a pathway uh, to conquer for the angels. Are we talking about Captain then Gordon? The angels. No, uh, Captain Gordon is the guy that the general sent. Oh, gotcha. Or one of the guys the general sent. Right. Because then they're opening the pathway for the angels led by the evil looking guy, Volcanus. Uh-huh. The only reason you know he's a bad guy is because he looks evil. Uh-huh. So, like, everyone's trying to take over. And the only person kind of in the middle is Flan the Angel, who's trying to save everybody because everyone loves and the power of love compels you. <laughs> I think that's how that side goes. Yeah, so let's talk about Flan. We'll get into the story later. But Flan, Flan, I see little hearts around your eyes as you say this. Yeah, Flan is easily the best character in this game. I mean, Flan and Etna Whoa. are both really great. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, hold on there, Chief. Flan is great in her just complete it's not stupidity it's just uh what's the word Ado- that for? adorable innocence adorable innocence slash complete she's the naivete Ken- she's, she's just naive sure. she's the kenneth from 30 rock yeah just wide-eyed this. you know i think how they introduce her uh is <laughs> angels sh- are hillbillies <laughs> yeah yes yeah and and ageless just like kenneth and how they how they uh, introduce her is great though. Her they kind of she's talking to her boss Seraph Lamington, and he's like, "Hey, I need you to I need I need some help, Flan. I need you to go. I need you to go knock off this King Kachowski guy." And she's like, "She has, she's like I've never assassinated anybody before. I'll do it." <laughs> uh, and so she infiltrates Laharl's now Laharl's kingdom, and she what does she do, Jib? I just, I want to hear you do your full-on interpret, your impression here. Oh, I wasn't doing an impression before. I was just doing a line reading. <laughs> I can't get my voice that high. You know, I've had pneumonia for the last month. <laughs> she, she, she slides into the castle. Whoosh! Whoosh! She's, she's a ninja. She's trying to be a ninja. And in going through the castle, she makes noises a ninja would make. Such as, whoosh! 
And nin nin nin, because <laughs> ninjas run around. They're like the sound effects. They're the sound effects that would appear in the manga edition of this game. Yeah, so it's a completely adorable and cute. <laughs> uh, and then she meets Laharl, and she can't bring herself to. Well, she doesn't have. To, she she wasn't supposed to assassinate. She was supposed to assassinate King Kacharovsky. Uh, but she would. Def- who is already dead? Who's already so. dead? So she's like, I want to learn more about demons. I want to see if they can learn how to love. And so she tags along for the majority of the adventure, and kind of this, yeah, like you said, this fulcrum. Like she's kind of the middle point between all these worlds, right? Yeah, no, no, completely. Because she's one that ties all the three groups together, sort of, because it's the angels that are both trying to invade and defend. Which that's ultimately like her ultimate. That is her ultimate crime, right? Yeah. It's because she actually defeats an angel. She kind of has to pay for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah. A, well, I'm a well, little yeah. stunned so ulti- by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. So what? Do you, ultimately, like, what did you think of what went on in this? Of what went on? Kind of because Lahar. So like Laharl is a character. I mean, he just. He does kind of have that like learn to love. Yeah. At least in the good at least in the good ending. Yeah. There's a lot of hilarious endings in this game, by yeah. the way. I don't know if you saw many of no, them. No, 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 no. I, I think oh, I you get a lot, lot of them pretty early on. Like if you lose the first fight to mid boss, you get the mid boss is the emperor ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which oh, that's is great. like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um chapter two where Flan is the boss. If you if you've killed enough of your own characters by that point, uh you just kill her. These angel wings just like drifting down, <laughs> like oh god. Yeah, there's also I think there's also one where I think in chapter five after uh, you kill Madaris, and like you kind of reveal that like Etna was trying to kill you or something was trying to keep you poisoned and the mm-hmm. like. Yeah, uh, that she just kills you, oh. and she is now the emperor. <laughs> well, she tries to yeah they they do yeah they did a lot of rewrite with her in later games like cuz in this one Etna is just sort of being manipulated by Madaris Madaris yeah. yeah Madaris turns out he was using her anyway he's using her memories against her but in later rewrites they kind of imply that she's kind of devious herself and she's the one kind of trying to become grand emperor of of netherworld which why why do you want to be leader of netherworld who cares you know she does she she is like the definitive keep your friends close and your enemies closer sometimes you don't know who is who's who yeah she's got a nice hairstyle too you know two colors red and purple and pink yeah unfortunately yeah. Though, she always comes she always falls in second place in the totes adorbs yeah uh, competition yeah you, well you know it's your classic blondes versus Purple slash <laughs> purple slash redhead. Uh, no, debate. I mean she's not a magical girl. Yeah, no. Enough said. Come on. Yeah, every, I mean I gotta be honest. Even I had a yeah. I I developed a little crush on Flan. You know, she's adorable. She's adorable. See, you can still have video game crushes in your thirties and I have know. it still be okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's okay. <laughs> you can talk to my wife about it if it's okay. Yeah, I'll have to get an expert opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, How old is too old to have a video game slash cartoon crush? Cartoon, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to admit, I'm pleading the fifth right now. I'm just going to cut the break in order to get out of this conversation. <laughs> we'll be right back on one more turn. Welcome to One More Turn, a podcast that's ready to turn off the attack animations. 
I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. All right, Kevin. So let's go to the let's kind of go to the end. Yeah. Of kind of how everything wraps up. So well, let me. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'm gonna do that real quick. So how it how I well no here. So it's Laharl fights off demon competing demons. Uh, Laharl meets human buddies who are ultimately sent in to clear away and uh, open up an attack path for the humans and the angels to attack the netherworld. But it really wasn't approved by the angels, so there's like a rogue angel, and then everyone gets beaten up, and then there's judgment at the end. <laughs> and what does Laharl do? He he comes in and well, well, it depends. They're like good right, endings. There's several bad endings. endings here. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's the one that you always enjoyed? I'm curious. I mean, I, I I mean, I like the good ending here. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the series. I was a huge fan of all the characters. Mm-hmm. I didn't want. Flan turning into a flower. No, even though I didn't have the same same fascination with her that you did. Oh, sure. Um, sure. I also didn't really like Laharl turning into a prinny instead. Yes. Although... So the best ending would be, I think Laharl saves the day, <sighs> takes over the netherworld, and then Flan remains non-flowery. What's funny about it is it's the first... No, she gets turned into a fallen angel. A fallen angel, that's right. It's the fallen first... Fallen angel Flan, yeah. What's funny about that is it's the first thing she says when you meet Flan is Seraph comes up to Flan and he's like, hey, what's... Hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, she's like, I'm just dreaming about being a flower. What that's like. <laughs> and he kind of... Foreshadowing. Yeah, a little foreshadow there on her. I was fine with the ending. I mean, I it's just, you know, your typical... Boy saved How the world. anime was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On a scale from one to anime. <laughs> oh man. How was the ending? Uh, I'm gonna put it at Dragon Ball GT, you know? Where... Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I don't, did that ever end? <laughs> well, this game doesn't end either. Are, are you okay with this as an ending? Like, I guess maybe if you're not as emotionally invested with the characters, possibly, but. You know, what I did like was Seraph kind of. I think I like the characters in this game a lot more than I like the story, to be honest with you. All the characters were more memorable than the actual plot, because the plot meanders. The story, like, first it's all about you save the netherworld, and then it's all about right. repelling the earth invasion, and then it's all about, oh, now we got to go to Celestia and stop this kind of bad guy, Seraph guy, from taking... Volcanus. 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 I'm sorry, Volcanus. From, uh, uh, you know, destroying everything, you know, it's, it's, it kind of like, it almost feels like three parts of a lot of one, you know, it almost feels like part one, part two, and part three of like a trilogy of movies or something. Right. Or even different acts. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. They don't, and they, they're kind of held act, together act a little bit. Act one is kind of the Madeira, like act two kind of is like the Madeira section. Everything yeah. else kind of stretches out for a while, which is, that's kind of a curse I see a lot in tactical RPGs is where there's just that long period of time. Between where the story stops being interesting, yeah, and the ending, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's usually like the twentieth battle, and then they have they tack on like fifteen more, <laughs> right, right, and and in this case, because like all of this was a prefabricated, well, I guess maybe not all of it because the Volcanus thing was a little was a little kind of off the book, kind of off the record. But it was yeah. all just an adventure that was fabricated by the Seraph and Midboss to teach Laharl a lesson. Why? Why did he need to learn a lesson? Like, because he needed to love in order to become Overlord. Yeah, but like the previous Overlord wasn't loving, was he? Was King Krachevsky? He had a wife. 
Yeah, it's true. He, he did have a wife. And she's, yeah, she's, she's in a, a picture, I think, at one point. Yeah. And I think you hear she's her the red voice printing. at one point. Yeah, she's the red printing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess it's true. I guess, you know, boy meets girl, demon boy meets angel girl. It's a classic story here. I, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. It, it's very anime. You're right. There was, there was really it's no, so anime. It's like the stakes are huge for not a good reason at all. <laughs> like, we're going to basically destroy three dimensions just so Laharl can learn a lesson about life just and love. Te- just to teach your punk kid a lesson, <laughs> yeah. boss. Yeah, I guess it's almost Grecian in that way. Like, that's how a lot of the Greek yeah, kinda. god stories were. It seems like, like something that a Zeus would do. Yeah, like, yeah, that's... Oh, I'm bored. Let's just teach this bastard a lesson. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. Let's destroy a lot of stuff in the process. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, can I comment real quick about Mid-Boss? I, sure. So I love Mid-Boss as a character. He's uh-huh. great comedic relief. Also doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> also doesn't wear a shirt. Uh, has freaking abs like rocks. Uh, I had a, a lot of trouble with this in, in having conversations with this game growing up. Because I don't how many people got that mid-boss is Laharl's father and it's really secretly King, King Krachevsky? Yeah. I, because, like, there's a lot of hints to it. He knows Laharl's mom. He recognizes her voice. He seems to kind of know Madaris a little bit. He, I don't... No, it's just, he's heavily involved with all of the main characters. Like, it's clear he's in on something with the Seraph. And you know it's him, even though it's just kind of the silhouette of it all. But the weird thing is, what maybe what I don't understand is, how come nobody else recognizes him? I mean, I know maybe he's changed his form. You know? He shaved his mustache. Like... That's honestly what it is, is he shaved his mustache. Really? Yeah. He had a haircut and shaved his mustache. Is this found out in later games? Is that all he did? Or no, I mean, in that's, the manga? you look at a picture, of, there's like one or two pictures of him. That's it. But but they don't give a, they don't say like why he gave up the throne. You know, how if he's alive, how did they pretend like he he died? They don't really explain his I guess the choking on a pretzel. I actually in, in these discussions I even actually had to start ref, making reference to other other sources. Like in my hands I hold the Disgaea official manga. I don't know if it's official, but Someone bought it for me when I was in college. <laughs> and even one of the very last panels has a picture of Midboss. It says, he's a troublemaker, but he's still my son. There's even an episode of the Disgaea anime. He Like, there's someone who's pretending to be uh, Laharl's little sister, saying that uh, she was conceived when his father was kind of out sleeping with prostitutes. <laughs> and Midboss freaks out. <laughs> well, I wonder if it was true. I mean, that's what you really want to know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but like, so just, I, but well, the funny thing, okay, here's so this is kind of goes into mid boss. This is something I actually really enjoyed about the game is how everybody is named in the text at the bottom when they're first introduced. Mid boss is a great example because how he is introduced is Sassy Demon. His name is Sassy Demon, and then he says, "No, no, my name's Vars," and then his name changes underneath him to Vars. Well, it's like Dark Adonis Vars. And then, yeah. yeah, and then he says, oh, I'm the Dark Adonis, and then it changes into Dark Adonis. And then and then Lahar's like, shut up, you. You're mid-boss. You're no better than just a mid-boss in a video game. And for the rest of his life, it's now mid-boss is his name. I thought that was really cute, really clever kind of thing. You know, one of the many signs of this game being kind of cute and clever. This, Captain, this game has, is it, this game has adorableness in spades. Captain, uh, oh, what's his name? Captain Gordon. He, under his name is like 
valiant hero. Although you quickly learn he's not valiant hero when uh, the robot Thursday <laughs> says that he's staring at Jennifer's thighs and calls him a pervert. You know, <laughs> in game, but that's the thing. Like, Actually, the, the ja- in the Japanese track, uh, Thursday is the voice of a little girl, and it's kind of creepy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, it does sound kind of creepy. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I had probably more fun with those little moments and the characters themselves. Like, the characters are very well written. They're very there's very good comedy here, without it being referential to outside media you know what i mean like right. it's just like the voice acting is also excellent yes yeah, yeah, yeah. this is top-notch this is top-notch voice acting oh yeah 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 i take tip, tip of the hat to uh all these guys but yeah it's but yeah that, that's the thing i i liked about it you know etna's kind of fun and devious and she kind of makes fun of him her little inner inner episodes between episodes where she narrates do you remember these parts where she like narrates? She's narrating. Oh like, yeah, yeah. And like, she's like, oh, uh, the first time they when Flan joins the party, she's like, oh, then Flan turned into a evil demon and destroyed the world and da da. And she's and then no, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, and the other characters like like kind of commenting on her narration. It, it gave a lot of character. Something that that uh, I don't think a lot of I don't think that always translates well when a lot of Japanese games come over to the to the states. The humor of just sort of ridiculous, especially this, because the humor here is just being absolutely ridiculous and and non sequitur and and. Oh sure, no, it's very irreverent. comical. It's very anime. How anime is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. At least it's like it's... you know what I didn't see. I didn't see any, which is like every anime when they do like the tears. You can physically see the tears crying off of there. We actually haven't really gotten into any much of the gameplay, mm-hmm. which is. This is like a burger bar of gameplay mm-hmm. in this in Disgaea because there there are there's so many levels to it and really n- almost none of them are necessary to actually beat the game. There are very few like number caps in the game. I mean at least there are but they're so outrageously high that you probably won't ever see most people will probably never see them. So when they have a level cap of 9,999, but the last boss is only at, like, 120. It leaves a lot of room out there, which I think is is kind of fascinating in a way because you're it's ultimately like they're making multiple games for multiple different types of players. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that, that can be unlocked after the game, even dur- kind of during the game, is that each of your characters, each of your characters have a number of different stats, they can be reset to level one while maintaining some of their stats. There's multiple grades of each class mm-hmm. that all kind of get upgraded stats. Each character can train, can be like a mentor to other characters, which allow them to take skills. Mm-hmm. There's the the court in which you can try to pass a number of different edicts yeah. or a number of different proposals where you have to try to bribe a number of different like statesmen. <laughs> And even, like, your items, every item in the game has a dungeon inside of it. Like, every one of them. Some of them, like, they go really deep, too. They're all, like, completely randomly generated. Are you talking about, like, the chocolate bar dungeon? (laughs) Well, yeah, like, there's, like, every item in the game has its own dungeon. So, yeah, chocolate bar dungeon, candy dungeon. (laughs) Sword Um, dungeon, uh... Breastplate, iron armor dungeon, yeah. Iron armor dungeon, breastplate dungeon, yeah, like... Shotgun dungeon. Every like every weapon you can level up and upgrade, 
and like e items even have like people living inside like it's crazy there's so much you can do in this and if you want to ultimately experience everything the game has there's a level 9999 boss that will take you like to the depths of game faqs in order to try to beat in order to try to use all of these different pieces together yeah to try to ramp up your ability to grind out levels yeah if that's what you want then hey this is it's great because there's ultimately like a sand almost like a sandbox here for you mm. but again none of that's required for you to actually experience the full game you know i think that's something that maybe kind of a lot of other games took or take later on it's pretty much how much of this game you want to play in order to beat it. Like you don't like, unlike say, you know, a final fantasy where level 99 is only like, you really, you know, you really have to get your guys to like level 70 to beat it. And 20 levels later, you're at your peak. This is like, how far do you want to take this? <laughs> how much of your life do you want to waste on one game? You know, like I, I don't know. Like it's kind of crazy guys. I went online because I, I tend to be someone who gets burnt out on a single game for after about 50 hours playing it. Mario accepted. <laughs> Exception. Uh, but, like, I went online and some guy, you know, there's a video of a guy beating Bale. And he's like, you know, he's like level 99, shows all his stats. And then he, he shows oh, the 9, hours. 9,999. I'm sorry, 9,999. Nine, nine, nine. I sound like I'm German. <laughs> uh, uh his hours, his hours was 850 hours of gameplay. 850 hours on one game. How many? How many hours did you burn? Not just this playthrough, but I mean all time, Jim. At this point, I would like to I would like to take the fifth on this, specifically <laughs> regarding the amount of time my Steam profile has said that I've spent on Team Fortress Two. Okay. All right, so I'm going to put you at a... Let alone World of Warcraft. I'm going to put you at a thousand-hour man right here. I'm gonna say no, I actually... No, I never I never got through Bale on this because mm. the grinding got really repetitive. And this is just like trying... You have to reset your characters over and over again to level one. It just... It got boring. It got really boring. The characters yeah. are fun. The special moves in the game are, like, are animated in a very silly way, a very intense way. Even though after a little while you do want to, have to turn them all off, <laughs> but there's certain things you can to get to bail or to get to some of those deeper levels. You do have to kind of uh, go through some of these layers, right? I mean, you can. There's whole portions of the game that you could miss if you just go straight through and get the you know best greatest ending. You know, usually they tie all that extra stuff into. And there's not a ton know. of story in there. No. There's just like some extra characters, like some extra characters. There's. Like a demon version of the main character from La Pucelle, Prie is in there. Mm -hmm. um, that was about my my cap. That's where I kind of I I got away. So four hundred hours, I'm gonna say. <laughs> so four hundred. <laughs> Let's just say I kind of raised a kid or two. In that time. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we'll be right back on one more turn. It's one more turn, dude. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. All right, Kevin. Hit, hit me with it. What you got this week? This week, Jim, I'm I'm living on the edge. <gasps> Is it Skate or Die? Uh, shoot, I'm, just, I'm trying to recollect the main bad guy in Skate or Die. No, it's Skate or Die 2. Uh, Ski or Die. <laughs> Ski or Die. No, this week it's the Two Tribes game Edge. 
Capital A. Wait. Cap- let me spell a, it. Not a tribes game, right? Like tribes ascend or. No, no, no. Two tribes. People yelling shit. The developer is two tribes who developed Toki Tori and other fine games on Steam. Toki Tori 2. And Toki Tori 2, yeah. Uh, this, let me spell Edge for you. It's capital E, capital D, capital G, capital E, no periods, not an acronym. So it's Edge, and what you are in Edge is a, you're a cube. Your job as a cube is to collect little small glowy cubes, basically go through a puzzle level that is cube-shaped or stacks of cubes without falling off the edge. It's like Cubert, but cubes. Less cursing. <laughs> yes, yeah. You must welcome other cubes into your own cube. You are a benevolent cube. Yes, you are. You are the bene- you're the most benevolent cube, but it's kind of a it's got a cool just your bare bones uh, graphical style, like it's just a black background with kind of gray and white uh, level levels on top. Your cube is, I think, white, like bright white, and it sh- and all the glowy cubes shine and glow a bunch of different colors. And the reason it's called Edge is, you know, it's just a straight up puzzle game. So you're just trying to get through these levels as fast as you can and collect the cubes. But you can uh, help your time in this game if you position yourself on the edge of a ledge and just kind of balance there without either going over to on top of the ledge or falling back down. So if you hang on a certain ledge for like a minute, it takes a minute off of your time when you beat the level. Oh, so you grind? Yeah. You told me this wasn't skate or die. No, it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got some mad cube thrashing on the edge. Uh, yeah. There's no, like, I wish. I wish there was, like, dueling pole vaults. The dueling pole game where you guys fight each other in the half pipe. Oh, man. You see me skitching with my cube? <laughs> I gleamed it. Well, I was gleaming the cube in this game. You just made that one up. No, Christian Slater gleaming the cube? Are we talking about... We're talking about getting the aluminum skateboard? Anyway, so Edge... <laughs> Edge... I mean, that's it. That's the whole game. It's like super basic and simple. It's just a timed puzzle game. Uh, it has a lot of hidden... It reminds me a lot of like the isometric NES games. Like if you played like Marble Madness or uh, kind of oh, that... No. Like that three snake, like snake rattle and roll. yeah, snake rattle and roll. You know, it's that, but it's not annoying. It's not, it's not colorful at all. It's just black and white and gray all over. <laughs> so why should people play it? It's fun. It's a, if you like puzzle games, if you like just a good, if you have a good minute to burn, you know, it's like it's honestly, it's, I think it started off on the iPhone and then it kind of moved to Steam. It should, it, even though I have it on the Wii U, it kind of probably is best on a iphone because it's just one of those like you play it for a minute and then go on to the next level and go to the next level and then forever and ever so that's why i'm recommending edge by two tribes what about you jim what do you what do you play <laughs> yeah dude you uh, said dude a lot already so oh, what do you rad. <laughs> what do you play a skater um, die too so i'm reaching into my vault i'm reaching into my vault this week um this week i am rec- i'm gonna recommend Perspective. Uh, Perspective is actually it's a it's a platformer kind of. Kind of. It's it's a so it's a two D platformer in a three D world. That sounds like an that sounds like a a description for like every fish out of water movie. I'm just a two D man, three D world in a world (laughs) with one too many dimensions. A two dimensional boy (laughs) must survive. 
<laughs> Perspective. Oh, God, I can't even do that. I can't do it with pneumonia. Um, you are a camera, and you can just like feel free to like run around a level as if it were like a first-person shooter. Except your guy will be on the wall somewhere, mm-hmm. and there will be like platforms just throughout the throughout the level. Okay, that you will have to set your camera and view it in a certain way so that platforms line up. Then you lock the camera, and you can then move your little platformy guy. So you can then just kind of walk them through the little platforms, maybe jump up to a higher area. Yeah. And then if you can't get anywhere anymore, you unlock the you unlock the camera, freezes your guy, and then you try to move around the level that you're in. When did perspective come out, by the way? Like initially? Uh, I think it was this year. Okay. Um, no, to, uh, 2012. Fez. So is it like Fez in that way? Where it's a f- where there's this perspective and that you can do your platforming on that perspective and the, the screen rotates? Uh, I mean, so isn't Fez more... Hmm. Fez is... Actually, I actually haven't played Fez oh. yet. <laughs> oh. it's, in my, it's, in my, it's in my queue. Fez is a little more like... This sounds like... Fez, you don't... Fez, you have four camera options. And it's basically rotating around just a giant column. From that giant column, it creates platforms for you to get to sort of certain areas. This sounds like you have to use the, you have more control over the camera to kind of manipulate and move around, correct? Right, right. For example, like if your character was on a ledge that, let's say uh, you're at a platform that's at, if you're standing back, it's at about like eye, eye height. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, your, your character's about two thirds the way up the screen, but you need to get up someplace that's higher that you can't reach. So you might move really close to where the character is so that it raises up the platform in your in your vision. Okay. And kind of rotate it so that it's so that when you rotate it it's now like in an upward like an upward trajectory. Got it. To kind of like climb that platform and jump up to a new area. Can you rotate like the it, camera like uh, clockwise? Like Oh yeah, no. You, it is a it is a pure like first person view camera. Okay. Where it's almost like you are running around that level with a tripod. And you just set it where you want and then freeze it. And then you can move around the person based on the platforms, the organization of the platforms Mm -hmm. as seen in the current level. Now, granted, there are a lot of, like, blocked off areas to try to to really try to control a path, like a general pathway. Like, not, uh, there, there are multiple pathways in a number of these levels, but just in order to try to, like, nudge you in a certain way, there's, like, oh, there's a lot of clear pathways in this. It's kind of difficult to describe. I would at least recommend looking up a trailer for it or looking up a video of people playing it because it's pretty fascinating. One last question on it. How anime is it on a scale of Simpsons to... On a scale from one to anime? (laughs) Yeah. It's not very anime. Uh Oh, man. That sounds really loud. the Cosby show. (laughs) Why are you even playing it then, Jim? I don't even know. (laughs) I'm losing my anime. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight losing my anime. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep an eye on you, all right? But I don't know if I could do it, Jim. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> all right, so this week I am playing Edge by Two Tribes, and Jim is playing Perspective by... Who cares? Who, Look it up. <laughs> Go to the internet. Thank you for listening. 
One More Turn is produced, created, and hosted by Jim Staholsky and me, Kevin King. If you have any comments, game suggestions, email us at onemoreturnpodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate off his album And the Revolution. You can find more Pixel Hate music at pixelh8.co.uk. Blue Paint is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartbeat and the Waveform Generators off his album 2206. You can find more Breakbeat music soundcloud.com slash breakbeat heartbeat kevin kevin what are we gonna play next episode next episode where in the world is carmen san diego oh she's next door there's someone who's dressed up as her okay okay i figured she'd be in san diego but you know i guess that's a little too on the nose